Almost Famous. Have you ever seen Almost Famous? I think I have, but I forget it's it. All happening. That's what I always think about. That's uh, that was our introduction to Kate. Uh, what's her name? Kate Hans' daughter. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. She was so good in that movie. Uh, I don't know who her agent is, but she did not pick some great movie choices after that. Uh, I think she's a fantastically talented actress, but I have to say Fool's Gold was a shit movie. Have you ever seen Fool's Gold? I saw it on a plane. It was her mm. and Matthew McConaughey. Ooh. Uh, look, hey, is it McConaughey that you don't like, or is it a McConaughey that you have a problem with? Uh, I, you know, I liked him in co- Contact, and that's pretty mm. much it. You know, I, I, I like him in Dazed and Confused. Yeah, he's good yeah, in yeah. that. Uh, he was good in Contact. Wasn't he in uh, Interstellar? Who's good in Interstellar? He was good in Interstellar. He was good. He was good. I didn't see Dallas Buyers Club. He was good in that too. Yeah. He seems a bit. He has a bit of a creepy uncle quality. Yeah. I'm like, saying that like I saw him differently in contact like he this mm. was bef- this was the mcconaughey bef- of my childhood before i knew more about him the mcconaughey of your innocence mcconaughey of my innocence the innocent mcconaughey i'm naming this episode mcconaughey of my innocence that is happening okay uh i don't know how we got off this topic oh yeah 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 i saw fool's gold on a plane on my honeymoon Ooh, to hawaii oh don't feel bad for me. It didn't ruin my honeymoon or anything, but it was not a good movie. It was like movies, you know, a movie's bad. And I, I feel like Jerry Seinfeld right now. What's the deal with movies on planes? If you watch a movie on a plane and you're mad that you watch that movie when you have literally nothing else to do and you're like, I wish I had slept, then you know that's like that film sucks. Yeah. I you know watched what I mean? Aquaman on my way back from China. Ooh, wasn't good. I watched it because I wanted to see that actor. What's his face? Um, uh, yes. Drogo. So Drogo, Drogo, Cal Drogo. Yes. Um, why am I so geri- Why am I so geriatric that I can't remember anyone's names? What's his name? I know. I can see him in my face. I can see him in my face. Uh, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. I knew it was an M word. Abs Momoa. He that man can wear a pink velvet tux. I was gonna say that man can wear me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the Feminine Mistake Podcast, a podcast that appreciates Jason Momoa. Yes. Um we talk about movies. Uh, movies of the past, movies of the present, movies of the future, movies that you watched today and then on a loop, on an infinite time loop. Infinite loop. Infinite loop. And we talk about the women, the female characters in those movies, uh, how female characters are written and portrayed. Do they have any depth? Do they have any dimension? Do they speak to other women in the movie? These are the kinds of questions we ask ourselves uh, as well as the eternal question, when did Andy Samberg get so hot? He was always hot. That's he was Sarah's, hot. That's Sarah's theory. Back when they were doing Lonely Island before SNL. Lazy Sunday Andy Samberg? Yes. Back when they were doing Kablam. I mean, it was Blamo. cute. He was like funny cute. I know, but, but I was a kid. I was I was like in high, high, high school when he started on uh, SNL. That's true. God, I'm so old. Um, when was that? Was it in the nineties, two thousands? Okay, I was. That was in my twenties. It was a fuzzy time. That was a fuzzy time for me. Um, Sarah, yes. what have you been watching in quarantine? Um, We've determined that you have pulled yourself out of the true crime pit. Mm-hmm. What else have you been watching? So, other than Pose and Dear White Pete people. Mm-hmm. I tried watching She's Got a Habit. Ooh, that's a good I, one. Um, not, the film, not the Spike Lee film, but the Spike oh, Lee the show, show. Also is by Spike Lee. Oh, I yes, he also wrote and directed the show. 
Wow, I did not know that. I know I knew he was the executive producer, but I did not. I was no, not he aware. wrote and directed the show. He wrote and directed every episode. She's got to have it was his breakout movie when that when that film came out. That was his breakout movie. So I could just watch the first two episodes on episode two. I was like, I like started crying because it was it's all about relationships. Yes. Which the movie was about as well. Yeah. It was good. It was just. Yeah. You just you're like, I can't do this. I can't do relationships right now. Yeah. Got it. Yes. It was good. Okay. But so you would recommend it, but not if you're not if you're healing. Not if you're healing. Um. But um, what else? Let's see if there's anything else. I mean, Palm Springs was something I watched recently that I just loved. <laughs> Funny enough, we're going to be talking about that. So that's convenient. Uh, anything else that you can recommend or think? What have you been doing in quarantine? Um, All that I do writing is I write and I mm-hmm. work in this room where behind me is one third which, of my clothes. Which looks like. Again, you're the looks like Project what, Runway is Project happening Runway. back there. Yes, I mean your produ- the production design of your background. Those of you guys who listen to who longtime listeners of the show, we have started also post- putting up a vidcast of this because we're recording uh, virtually. You know, we're you know Sarah, we're recording from our homes because of quarantine, so we're recording the audio and the video over Zoom while we're recording the audio on Zencaster. You don't care. You the don't point care. is you don't care. The point is, you can now listen with your ears and watch with your eyes. If you'd like to, uh, We I put up episodes of the show on YouTube where you can actually see us in our natural habitats. Sarah's looks amazing and cute. It's just and I am in a fucking shithole. I have, there are boxes behind me. Those, okay, so my husband, stop me if you've heard this one. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but my husband, those are his 3d printers. He's got two of them stacked up over there behind me. Um, and, uh, there's a bug in my fucking office. Get away from me, bug. Um, so my office is a garage that we have converted into an office because I live in, uh, I live in Decatur in Atlanta, Georgia, and we cannot afford a house that has enough rooms for me to have an office. Her, her address <laughs> is eight, three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not even close. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, it, I basically, this is my dorm room, basically. Anyway, uh, so there's some, I share this office with my husband. There's uh, some 3D printers back there. And all those boxes are boxes that are full of plastic things that he printed with his 3D printer for, it's like a mask, like a, like a mask for healthcare workers that you can slide a filter in. Nice. And he made a bunch of them because I think he just wanted to help. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's the that's the kind of heart that he has. He just wanted to help, but he did not know. Now he doesn't know where to send these fucking masks. They're basically like a plastic uh, thing, and he did a lot of research on it. He even put like uh, like a soft thing under, like a soft rubber or whatever underneath it, so you could wear it all day. A plastic, uh, you know, like a re- elastic, and it, you can put a reusable filter, like a PPE filter or whatever the fuck it is that you need to put in there. And he did a lot of tests, and they're really great masks, but he doesn't know where to send them. And so now I've just got these fucking boxes. So uh, those of you listening to the show, if you know where my husband can fucking ship these masks, healthcare workers, teachers, any organization that'll take these, please, for the love of God, send me an email at feminismistakepodcast at gmail.com. Or private message me. You can direct or you can DM me on Twitter uh, at feminine mistake pod at fem mistake pod or Instagram at feminine mistake pod. Where the fuck can I send these masks? Please help me. And that's please help PSA. her. Please please help me. I have boxes of masks that are just surrounding me, and and we don't know where to send them. I've been rewatching Fringe. Ah, uh, that's what I've been doing. I finished my rewatch of Girls. Yes. Uh, still upset about Adam and Jessa. I'm still not over it. I like it's, it's 10 kinds of wrong. Yes. Um, very wrong. I do think my headcanon is, is that they break up shortly after that show ends. Mm -hmm. Mostly because that episode where he gets back together with Hannah for a day and he's Mm -hmm. like, and Hannah's like, what about Jessa? And he's like, oh, she's she'll leave me in four months. She'll leave me in like two months anyways. And I'm like, that's a relationship that's not going to survive. Um, anyway, I'm still upset. I feel like Adam, I feel like Adam Sackler deserved better. <laughs> um, Which is saying something since he didn't deserve a lot. 
I I actually have a soft spot in my heart for Adam Sackler. He but he is you know what honestly I feel like once he got together with Jessa they like brought the worst out in each other I don't know how this transformed into me talking about my girls rewatch but it did uh maybe I should hold on to this for when we do our Andy Andy and Andy and Adam podcast where we only watch movies god I would love that oh my god don't make me all right, well, hold on to those thoughts. If you want to know what I think about Adam Sackler, you just wait till our upcoming podcast that we will ab- we will be doing. Adam and Andy, a podcast where we only watch Adam Sa- Adam's Driver and Andy Samberg movies. Are they ever in a mo- 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 movie together? No, not that no. I know of. No. He, Adam Driver does the serious yeah. and Andy Samberg does the silly. That's I don't true. know those two worlds are going to meet yeah, no. anytime soon. Although Tina Fey and Adam Driver were in a movie. This is Maybe if we start the podcast, we can petition for them to Maybe make a movie together. Listen, I'm sure they'll listen to it for sure. And then they'll be like, you know what? We should do a movie together. There's obviously a chemistry, an untapped chemistry here. They're and both, then the world will both, explode from their combined hotness. They're both hot, but they're both slightly odd looking too. Mm-hmm. It's a niche. Yeah. Um, speaking of Adam Driver, I you know I've been watching Adam Driver movies, right? Yeah. In quarantine, due to my quarantine thirst. Yes. So the next two that I've watched since we last recorded were Patterson, uh, which was uh, which is written and directed by Jim Jarmusch. Enjoyed that a lot uh, about a bus driver who writes poetry. You'd like it. Check it out. Patterson. Also, it's a very like slice of life. Which uh, uh, Jim Jarmusch is great at. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, also, what I really liked about it uh, is it's about artists making art out of everyday life. It's not about an artist who is a published author or who is getting a lot of attention at like made a film and sent it to Sundance and blah, blah, blah. It's about your everyday person who is making art in real life. And they're not making that art because anybody's paying them to do it or because it's getting them any kind of recognition. They're just making it because they need to, because it's part of them. And it it is something they need to do because it's just part of their soul makeup. And it's not just Adam Driver's character, but there are other people in the movie you see also making art out of life. Anyway, it's a it's a really sweet, beautiful film. It's not too uh, heavy emotionally, so I think it would be a good one to watch right now if you can't handle a lot of heavy feelings. Uh, so I can recommend that. I also I started watching the report, which oh yeah, uh, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't think I'm going to finish it. Uh, look, it's about something important. It's about the uh, someone who uh, uh, who was investigating. Uh, the U.S.'s use of torture at Guantanamo Bay, and it is not a movie you want to watch before bedtime. Mm. It was a little too much for me right now in my fragile quarantine emotional state. So I was like, you know what? Even with Adam Driver in this movie, I'm going to have to pass. I watched like the first 30 minutes, and then I was like, mm, I saw a doc. Mind. I saw a doc about Guantanamo Bay back in the early 2000s that had like footage and pictures and stuff that I was like traumatized. Nope. Nope. No, thank you. I'll pass. I'm going to pass on that. I'm going to take a big hard pass. I just remembered something else I watched recently that I wanted Ooh. to pr- bring up. Um, yes. Your Eurovision, vi- vi- the <gasps> whatever. Oh, Have you how seen it? was it? No. So it's it- written by Will Ferrell. Oh. Um, and oh. I would say that it feels like one of the films that he's been in, except it is very uh, gentle. And it's gentle. It, it doesn't have any sharp biting edge. It's very mm. like sweet. And I, I enjoyed it. Like it was, it didn't have a lot of co- conflict. Okay. And the little bit of conflict. Which is what we need right now in yeah. quarantine. I feel like there's enough conflict happening outside of us. And the what conflict there is, is like, okay, it's like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a character that in Blades of Glory, it's very similar to Blades of Glory in the plot. Which 
by the way, I loved. I love Blaze of Glory. It's however, ridiculous, but I loved it. However, this one is more nice, like sweet, sweeter, okay. more heartfelt yeah. than Bla- Blades mm-hmm. of Glory, but it's very similar in the stru- mm-hmm. structure. And there's a character who in Blades of Glory was like the villain. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's a villain. There's a character mm-hmm. in this one that seems like he would be the villain, but he ends mm-hmm. up not being bad. Mm. Okay. So I think that Will Ferrell is not like writing is not his strong suit, mm-hmm. but it was a very easy film to watch. And I enjoyed jo- jo- it. It went down easy. Yes. Uh, do you know anything about Eurovision? I don't, but I heard one of my friends posted about it on Facebook saying that it was very, uh, a good representation of it. I forget who that was. So years ago, uh, I had my best friend in college and roommate for many years, uh, went to school in Scotland. And at one time, myself and Chris and some other people went to Scotland uh, to visit. And uh, we spent some time with her roommates and they were obsessed with Eurovision. And it is like a the biggest music competition show in the world, I think. And it's all these different international acts competing. And some of it is very flashy and surreal. And people are just like obsessed with it. And so I got to see a little bit of Eurovision this was early 2000, maybe 2005. So it was about 15 years ago. Uh, so uh, I'd be interested to watch it for, for that reason. Yeah, but. you should. Like the the musical acts that they like mm-hmm. that are fake in the film mm-hmm. are hilarious. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put that on my list. It's a I'm nice, put that on my it's, list. A, it's a feel good. I need a feel good. I, I'm only taking feel good recommendations right now. Yeah. I'm not taking any feel bads. I would because... say, how old is Will Ferrell? Like, they, mm-hmm. like in this role, he's supposed to be he like was... middle aged, but he seems mm-hmm. like he's sixty or so. so well, let's look this up. Let's look this up right now. How old? Ask Siri. You've got. You've got. You've I got. Don't a... have, I don't have Siri. You don't have Siri. You've got that fancy ass. Yeah, but I don't, because Siri hears you. Siri, okay, Siri so is always saying, listening for Siri. Okay, he is, so you've turned off Siri. Yes, he's 53. 53. Well, he's still middle-aged. He's like 10 years, a little more over the 10 years older than me. How old is Rachel McAdams? Oh, I promise you, she's at least 10 or 15 years younger than him. Mm-hmm. Because, like 41. I said... 41. Well... I'm glad that she's at least getting some. I, I it was she the romantic lead in this yes, movie. Yes. Okay. Well, good because my complaint, my own one complaint about uh, Palm Springs was uh, the age gap. Uh, not because I don't like the actor, the actress. Say her name again. Kristen Milioti. Kristen Milioti. Not because I don't like her or think she's fabulous, but because so often older men are men are paired in these movies with women that are anyway we'll get into in the show you'll hear in the episode but uh i i had a problem with that not because i have a problem with age gaps but because hollywood constantly casts women who are 10 or 15 years younger than the male lead and it just fucking drives me crazy 40 something year old women are hot and interesting too Mm -hmm. that's all i'm saying um well that is a good recommendation uh, I will definitely take that under advisement, and I love Will Ferrell. So, uh, and I'm very too. interested in your. He's he oh, makes me it laugh. also has um he, the person who plays his dad is what's mm-hmm. his face? Um, mm-hmm. uh, we can't remember anyone. No, hold on, we've completely <laughs> lost the ability to remember actors' names. He's he was a James Bond, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan Pierce plays his Brosnan. dad. Oh, 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 wow. oh, 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 the best They're fact. probably not they, that much different age. They all have Icelandic accents. Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, and Pierce Ooh. Brosnan all okay. have Icelandic accents. It's amazing. Okay. All right. Well, you've got me. You've got me there. Uh, shall we talk about Palm Springs? Let's do it. So this month on the show, we're talking about Palm Springs. And it's a new movie. It's on Hulu. 
Uh, you can watch it right now. Uh, apparently, it is one of the... Uh, well, according to Hulu, it broke records for how many people watched it. I mean, this is a fucking phenomenon, you guys. This uh, The world of film distribution, uh, for those of you guys who are interested in this, and if you're listening to a podcast about movies, I'm going to guess that you have some interest in, the, in film. Um, the movie industry has been really teetering on the edge of like, what are we going to do with distribution? Uh, Theatrical, people are still going to the movie theaters, but the money making from theatrical has changed. DVD sales are still happening, but not what they once were because a lot of people are not buying physical media anymore. And now you've got all the streaming stuff and people are binging shows and binging movies and there's uh, and people and and the babies, basically the studios are trying to figure out and independent filmmakers are trying to figure out how do I make money back from my movie in this environment. And because people aren't going to theaters, uh, because there are theaters that are not even requiring masks. And I'm, I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to go sit in a dark theater right now as much as I desperately want to, because I love going to the movie theater. I'm not going to do that right now during a pandemic. That's fucking crazy. Uh, so of course, a lot of these movies are being released, uh, digitally as a digital premiere, Palm Springs, uh, I haven't watched The King of Staten Island, which is the uh, Pete Davidson, Judd Apatow flick that came out on streaming. Uh, so maybe that might be one to add to your list. Uh, Trolls World Tour, uh, which my kids have watched. I've paid for that movie at least five times just to get my kids to fucking calm the fuck down. To find, they wanted to watch Trolls. I tried to search for that movie. I tra- typed in Trolls Two, and I was brought to Troll Two. Troll, wait, Trolls Two, which is oh, and a you should watch movie? that also. You should also watch that. It's fucking bananas. That movie is fucking insane. Is there a Trolls One? Uh, yes, but Trolls Two is better because it's fucking crazy. There's actually a documentary about it as well. Which, if you don't want to watch the movie, at least watch the documentary. Uh, Trolls 2 is fucking crazy. The original Trolls 2 from like the 80s. It's so bad in the best way. What is it about? I'm sorry. We don't have to talk about this if, if we don't have time. But like this. Welcome to the Feminine Mistake podcast. This is a podcast about trolls. Trolls movies of all kinds. Uh, no, it's I can't tell you what it's about because it's so fucking absurd. It's about evil trolls that okay. fucking murder people. Oh, and turn them into plants and other shit. Oh. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. You got to watch it. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll watch it. Uh, maybe we could watch it on one of our socially distant hangs when we sit really far apart and wear masks. I'd watch it again. It was fucking crazy. Trolls I can't even two. tell you what it was about. Trolls 2. Um, but what I was getting at is that this movie uh, is a part of that sort of like on online, primarily distri- distribution model that has sort of come out of necessity uh, in this quarantine should we release it in theaters? Should we release it online? Christopher Nolan is like, fuck you. I'm releasing Tenet in theaters or I'm not releasing at all. A lot of movies have postponed releases to 2021. Uh, we might see a gap in content at some point since a lot of these uh, shows and movies have had to pause production due to the pandemic. Anyway, uh, Palm Springs. It's a movie. It's new. It's on Hulu. It's fucking great. Uh, so if you haven't watched it, go watch it before you listen to us talk about it so that we can all do this together as we were meant to mm. sit around the sit around the campfire and drink a cup of hot cocoa and eat some mushrooms and watch dinosaurs while we talk about Palm Springs. Yes. So let's get into it. The house is a mess, Jack. The kids are a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. You seem sort of distant. Let's just do it, man. You look stupid and rich. Stupid and stupid and rich. Fascist. All right, let's get into it. Uh, then she decides that, well, so also she's been telling him this whole time that he has to do something about Roy. Mm-hmm. And Niles's point of view is just like, I'm just going to let him kill me. It's not a big deal. I don't want to deal with it. He obviously doesn't want to confront. He's not a guy that wants to confront things. Nope. And maybe, I don't think he likes being murdered. But it does seem like it does seem like he misses Roy when he's gone. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about the relationship of somebody else being there, who knows what's happening that he misses. So I don't think he wants Roy to go away. I don't think he wants him to be murdering him. But he definitely 
seems like he misses him once he he stops would rather around. be killed by Roy than kill Roy. Yes, absolutely. Um, or he'd rather be killed by Roy than be alone. I think. Yes. I think yes. that's part of it. Yeah, uh, but also I I found that interesting when um it was that scene when he was like. Yeah, like we all die and like, or we all like w- wake up on the same day, but we have to live with what we do here. Like, you can't just kill people. Like, you have to live with that. Pain right. is real. Pain is real. Exactly. Death is not real, but pain is real. And he's, mm-hmm. and, and that's feels, I think, to her like an attack on her because what he's saying is what we do to other people matters. And she, what she's thinking is, what she's thinking is her, about her sister. Mm-hmm. which he doesn't yeah. know that information. I also, what is on my list is something that is, gets repeated again and again is it's all me, 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 meaningless. Yes. And I think that all of the notes I have that we'll get to are about, this is like a metaphor for life. Like It is a very is, bleak metaphor yeah. for life. It feels like, I think the, uh, yes. And I wanted, I want to circle back to that, but yes, there is a metaphor here that, Every day is the same. Nothing we do matters. So we just have to learn to accept that. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the yeah. philosophy, which yeah. is a bit how it feels like in quarantine, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing I do means anything because I'm just going to wake up in my house. And if I want to talk to my friend, it's going to be on a conference call over Zoom. Um, so let me get back to what goes on outside. So she rams Roy with the car. Another mm-hmm. cop shows up. Niles gets taste. <laughs> I love how she's like, what are you going to do, cop? <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's like, ooh, I'm touching your bike. I'm touching your bike. <laughs> yeah. Um, Poor Niles. I know. Poor Niles. But this is something I think we really need to talk about because this is a big fucking fucked up thing that he does. So they're talking about how nothing matter or he, he's talking about how what we do matters to people. Yeah. And then she says, she's she's lashing out at him because she's yeah. hurt by what he said he doesn't realize that he said something that is triggering to her yeah and she basically says like if i had known that i would be stuck in a fraternity with you i never would have gone into that cave uh because she says i went into that cave because i liked you and i was worried about you yeah and i certainly wouldn't have fucked you right and yeah. then he says like we fucked like a thousand times right we got to talk about this. So Chris and I had a very interesting com- conversation with the, that was reminiscent of our conversation about overboard. Ah, uh, is it rape? Is it not? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Chris believes that if you have sex with someone in a way that is manipulative and they don't know what they're doing, that that is rapey. That's what he'd mm-hmm. say. Okay. So let's talk about that because it's not quite the same thing as overboard, but mm-hmm. it is deception. I'm deception, not going to say yeah. it's, I wouldn't call it rape or assault, but I do think it's, there's something, of, it's deception. coercion. There's an aspect of coercion here. I think, I don't know. What do you is think? Is there coercion or is it just, he didn't give her all the facts? But think about this. He's learning all this stuff about her to say the right thing to get her to sleep with him. That's and she true. doesn't have any idea and especially well, has- after they've gotten to know each other. Okay. So I think that when he's in the loop with her and she doesn't know sh- sh- like he's in the loop, then yes, it is ra- rapey. But then after they I again, start I don't talking- My husband was very adamant that he found he was like this is it's assault like. It's like assault or rape and I was like uh, uh I wouldn't go that far, but it's definitely coercion and manipulation. So I just want to clear that up that I don't, my perspective, this is just my point of view. Other people may feel differently. It feels like coercion, which is on the scale of the rape scale. Well, maybe we should define consent and non-consent. Actually, I think it's more because there's a scale there where there's violent non-consent Right. Mm-hmm. And then as we get closer or move further away from that coercion or manipulation where you're tricking someone into having sex with you is still yeah. 
on the wrong on the on the spectrum of non-consent i think yeah yeah so i think that do you think like would you be upset if you knew that chris had slept with you a thousand times and then hadn't told told you that he had but you had consented those thou, 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 thousand times. Like I'm trying to like wrap my head around. Like I think I would have reacted. Like I would felt. I would have felt betrayed. She feels betrayed, and rightly so. Yeah. I mean, it's not just that he did. Like in the loop, it makes sense because she's never going to remember him. And yeah. I think if it were me, then I would be like, yeah. If I'm if I'm stuck in a time loop for an eternity, and I'm just trying to do something that feels good. I mean, his night is awful at that wedding. He's yeah. with a girl who hates him. No one who cheats the, on him. No one who cheats on him, who he catches cheating. I don't know when in the time loop he finds out that she's cheating on him, but she is flagrantly cheating on him with the weird officiant guy in the weird cowboy outfit. Yeah. He is lonely. He, no one at the wedding gives a shit about him. They can't even remember his name. They just call him Misty's boyfriend. Misty, that's her name. Uh, They just call him Misty's boyfriend. They don't even know his name. No one cares. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that I would, if I was in his situation, try to find somebody who I could connect with intimately or have sex with or whatever, just feel good. But then once they're in the time loop, what's fucked up is that he doesn't tell her. And I get why he doesn't. Because he's in love with her. Yeah, no, I just um and he doesn't I want just to ruin had it. that I just had that thought where it's like he um when she asks him like have we have we had sex and he's like he says no. not to my, not that I can recall. Not, to, not that I can recall. And I first feel like I saw it, the first time I saw it I was like Hmm. Exactly. He if if she was willing to have sex with him that first night, mm-hmm. she would have definitely had sex with him again. Like several like yeah they would have this happened before i think when when he when he says not that i can recall chris and i were immediately like they he's had sex with her i did not think he had had sex with her thousands of times (laughs) that was a shock uh i thought that maybe he maybe once or twice i did not think that they had done it that to me indicates that he went back over and over and over again because he liked being with her he could have just for the fun of it Went through and tried to sleep with everybody in the wedding party, including grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't. He has yeah. sex with that person thousands yes. of times because and, he loves her yeah. and he wants to be yeah. with her for real. And he yeah. just won't admit it to himself. But yeah. uh, I get why he doesn't tell her, but it's still really, that's he, a huge breach of trust. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about, he doesn't want to expose himself because then, mm-hmm. then she would ask, why have we slept together a thousand times? Like, why? Well, here's what like, I'll say. First of all, if I was sitting at a table having a burrito with somebody and I said, have we had sex before? And they said, not that I can recall. I'd be like, hold up. <laughs> Did we or didn't we? Yeah. It's a yes or no question. <laughs> yes. Try to recall a little harder. <laughs> I would have pressed the issue, but you know. That's true. Narratively. That's true. She, didn't she didn't press. Maybe she didn't want to know. Yeah. She's not stupid. So, but if I were her and I thought, oh yeah, I was gonna have sex with him that first night before he got shot with an arrow, Mm -hmm. I must have wanted to do that before. Yeah, but that—that's such a huge breach of trust that maybe she just didn't even want to acknowledge it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's tough because that's messed up, but also I get it. I get why he didn't want to tell her, but it is mm-hmm. reasonable that she would then spend three years learning quantum mechanics and get it and not being around him because, well, she's it's there's multiple layers of what's going on here. She's upset about him lying to her. And she's upset about her situation. She doesn't want to be stuck. Sleep, waking up to her wor- the worst mistake she's ever made every morning. She doesn't want that. Yeah. So. All right. What else you got on your list? Um, so an, an, another hearkening back to the whole movie as a, a metaphor of life is when J.K. Simmons says, 
There's not, not nothing worse than going through the shit alone. Yeah, I think that if there's a thesis of this movie is that life is meaningless. I don't think that's the thesis. I think, I the, think thesis the thesis is, is every day every day is the same and nothing we do really matters unless uh, but but what is what does matter is who you're with. That's You don't think so? I don't think it's that bleak. I think it's um maybe it's just cuz I'm stuck you, in quarantine. I think it's you can believe that life is meaningless, but it's not. You can choose to make life me 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 meaningful. If you make the decision to get up and make each day different and Which make the decision what they to did get and they were together to get out of the loop. Yeah. To work to get yourself out of the loop and okay, take someone fair. with you. That's fair. I, I saw it in a more hopeful, optimistic way. Uh, you know way. what? I'm gonna take your I think I'm just I think my emotions are in a low place because of quarantine. So I'm going to take your hopeful vision. Uh, I would like, well, one thing I want to talk about really quickly, which is my tiny gripe with this movie. Okay. Love the actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like as usual, they're like the movies are constantly casting a male lead that is like 10 years older than the female lead. Like we can't have a woman in her forties. He's forty-one. She's four. He's How forty-one. She? She's thirty-four. Kristen. Yeah, she's not in her forties. She looks like she is. No, she is thirty-four, and he's forty-one. Oh. Wow, she looks old. Whoa, I disagree. I actually was surprised that she was in her thirties. I thought she was maybe thirty. Maybe 28, 29. I thought she was his age. That's no. interesting. Anyway, I, my little gripe is just that I feel like women that are like Andy Samberg is 41 and is uh, romantic lead in this movie. And I don't think that the same uh, courtesy is afforded to women in their 40s. Yeah. And so that's my gripe. Because what for if you had me- put two 41 year old people in this movie? It still would have been romantic. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I feel like Andy looks younger than than he is, and she looks older than she is. So they look like they're the same age. They're constantly talking about how he's older than all the other women in this movie, though. Like his girlfriend is younger than him. They talk about that. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. it's my tiny gripe, and I picked up on it right away where I was like, okay, here's another movie where we have a young actress playing. At least she's in her 30s, thank God. I thought she was in her 20s. Uh, a young actress who is the female lead and a middle-aged man playing the romantic. I mean, think about up in the air where it's like, you know, uh, what's her name? Ugh. Trolls. She's, um, well, it's George Clooney and fuck. What is her name? That's just going to bother me. I mean, I know what it is. I'm just, because I'm a woman in my forties, my brain doesn't work anymore. But the, it's every every fucking movie is like this. Up in the air. Uh, am I going to remember before my brain comes out? Anna Kendrick. Mm, Anna Kendrick and George Clooney. That's a big age gap. Look, age I'm difference. not saying that people, there shouldn't be age gaps in relationships i don't want to make it sound like that i'm just saying that it is a it, and like think about roman holiday for god's sakes audrey hepburn and gregory peck in hollywood history it is very common that the male actor is much older than the romantic female lead and it's like it's a it's a it's something that bothers me yeah there was one women movie older women, with women in their 40s are not allowed to be romantic leads in movies unless it's a movie about a woman you know, finding herself going on an eat, pray, love situation. Like it's a woman who's like, I'm not desirable anymore. So I have to find why I'm desirable again. You can't just have a woman who's a romantic lead that's in her forties is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my little thing that bothers me. Just saying it. I'm going to say it. I'm putting it out there. Do better Hollywood. I do love the actors in this movie. So nothing against them. I just, it's a common thing. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the ending of this movie? Um, can I say one more thing about yes. the life thing? Yes, you can. Um, so at the this is the end of the movie where she um it's the scene where they're in the the 
the bed the the bedroom and she's mm-hmm. trying to convince him to come with her yeah. and he's like I want you to stay god when he wakes and, up every morning and he's so sad it just like hurt my heart yeah so when he asked her to stay with him in the loop and mm-hmm. she asked him to come with her out mm-hmm. of the loop well he says he loves like says I'm in love yeah. with you. like he is not fucking around like there is no yeah. let me be subtle gently about he's like yeah. I love you now that you're here I'm sorry and I love you and I love that yeah. about this movie yes anyway please go on um and I just thought like in relationships you know you either move forward to get to together or mm-hmm. you stay in a rut in like you right. you have to either choose to go forward to get together or you have to like stay behind or you have to split mm-hmm. I don't know it just felt like a you know um 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 ah met 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 god damn it metaphor for relationships no that's actually I think that's very smart you're absolutely right um I want to circle back to this selfless thing because like as we get towards the yeah, end here. acts of selflessness. Yeah. Um, so for her, her act of selflessness the first time was to ruin her sister's wedding day by telling her in mm-hmm. front of everyone to almost announce it on a microphone yeah. that she had yeah. slept with her fiance, her husband, right? Her yeah. new husband. Yeah. She doesn't do that this time. She gives a very moving speech where she talks about how amazing her sister is. Mm -hmm. And then she looks Abe in the eye and she says, very, very seriously, don't fuck this up. And scarily. And very very scary. But she doesn't unburden herself. Yeah. Because that's not selfless. So I feel like her coming to terms with what happened Mm -hmm. in a way that doesn't hurt everyone else around her is there's that and also she calls Roy and leaves him a message and I didn't Mm -hmm. understand who she was calling the first time I watched it but when I watched it the second time right before she leaves the wedding well actually before she talks to grandma which I want to talk about in a second also uh she calls Roy and tells him how to get out of the loop if he wants to get out of the loop and she Mm -hmm. apologizes for hitting him with the car Mm -hmm. so that's sort of what she does to make right things right. And of course she goes back to Niles, who I keep almost calling Jake because of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like Brooklyn I've almost said Jake a hundred times since we started this podcast. Niles. She tells Niles how to get out of the loop because she, even though she's mad at him or was mad at him, she's not gonna leave him there trapped in there. Yeah. I feel like Niles' act of selflessness, because it's not enough to say that you love somebody. He actually says, I love you and whatever you want, whatever you want, I'll do it with you. I will be with you whether you stay here because he wants to keep her there, which is selfish, right? Mm -hmm. I will go into the cave with you. If we blow up, we blow up. If we if we get out of the loop, we get out of the loop. I don't want to live here without you. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd rather die and blow up in the cave than live here without you. Yeah, which yeah the feels the feel um and then they go into the cave which and have a very steamy kiss in the magic cave to a kate bush song i love kate bush yeah, yeah, yeah. God, i love kate bush um yes. oh before we get to that we got to talk about grandma what's up okay. with grandma yeah how does she know i think she, chris and i think she's also stuck in the time loop as well because <gasps> that line she has at the beginning she's like that is the best she says i've been to speech. a lot of weddings and that's the best speech i've ever heard and he's like you have no idea how many weddings i've been to <laughs> but she does well chris is like of course other people would be stuck in the loop the magic cave is right there uh, it makes sense that there are probably dozens of people at that wedding who are also stuck in the time loop and haven't told anyone else anyway interesting so, but yeah. she says, now that you're going to be leaving, and I'm like, oh, grandma. But she doesn't want to get out of the loop, probably, because, well, Chris is she's like, well, old. she's old and she'll she's gonna die. She'll probably die soon if she leaves the loop. She's fine. Yeah. Just living her life every day, going to a wedding, having a nice evening, having some good food. 
Uh, she's found immortality, so she's probably not going anywhere. By the way, I love June Squibb. She's a l- wonderful actor. If if I could say anything that this movie could have done differently besides the age gap, which I've already mentioned, um, it would be more June Squibb because I love her deeply. Um, okay. So the next morning after the cave. Wait, wait. What? Is Okay, we'll, so we'll, we go in the we'll get to the end. Yes. We're in the okay. end. We're in the end. Okay, we're in that. We're in that. Yes, I think this happens at the end. Correct, correct, credit. So let's let's okay. go to the day after. Day after. So the day after, they're in the pool. They're in this pool at this house that they don't know. Uh, and we don't. We're not really sure at first whether they have gotten through yeah. the loop, yeah. or whether they're just back at the pool and they've decided to accept that they're going to be. And in this, this is day. the pool where a line that was said before and she's like well where 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 are the owners and he's like i don't know but they don't come back november 9th yeah which is that day so then he says i gotta go pick up my dog and that's our first indication that they that they've been successful and she's like you have a dog and he's like oh yeah i have a dog i gotta go get the dog from the neighbors and chris was like why didn't he where why doesn't he ever get his dog when he's stuck in the loop if he could just go to the neighbor's house he's just gonna leave the fucking dog there I was like, I don't know. Maybe in some iterations he goes and visits the dog. I don't know. Um, and then the neighbors come home, and that's how we know, like, it's November 10th. Yeah. Day. I guess they come back November 10th. So they got out. But then they yeah. pan up, and the dinosaurs are there. So Didn't see the dinosaurs. Well, yeah. Wow. So we think it worked then. We're pretty clear that it worked. I think it's yeah. pretty definitive that they've oh, at definitive. least split off into some other part of the multiverse, at least. Yeah, they might be looping into the next day. We don't know, but oh, they made it no. to. The, but at least that. But at least they wake up together. Yes, they'll wake up together, and if they break up, then they're in fucking trouble. <laughs> they shouldn't. So what? Oh, one one of my favorite yes. lines came before this. The yes. scene before this, where before the cave, and she's like, "What if we get sick of each other?" And he's like, "We're already." sick of each other it's the best i know and it's like that's another thing about life like well yeah why why should we stay together what if we get sick of each other and it's like you can't miss out on on something just because it might end yeah there's nothing worse than going through the shit alone as roy Mm -hmm. would say by the way chris and i could not stop laughing about how he kept talking about his kid watering dog shit (laughs) yes we were like, that is what it's like to be a parent. By the way, that whole scene where he talks, where we didn't get into this, but Roy talking about his life and how he's like found his, his like he found beauty in his life and his wife and his children. And he's missing that he's not going to be able to watch them grow up, but that he's found peace and serenity and love in the life that he has. It was beautiful. Yeah. Chris cried. Chris started crying. <gasps> yep. He did. He teared up. Um, so that that was very beautiful. Um, so you want to talk about the post credit sequence then? Yes. Or the um, mid credit sequence. I love this mm-hmm. because Roy walks up to Jake. I'm sorry. I know. Roy walks Neil, up. Niles. It's so hard not to call him Jake. Roy walks up to Niles and Niles is wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. And Roy asks him, what does he ask him? Hey, I got the, the call. He from... says, I got the call from your girlfriend. Is this for real? And he's like, Misty? Or so I don't know. He's like, is that do I know that's... you? That's what he says. Do I, you? do I know you? And then he walks away and Roy just like smiles to himself. I know. And says his biggest smile. Also, we yes. didn't talk about this, but my other favorite line is in the flashback when he meets Roy the first time where he's like, I like your hat. And he goes, of course you do. <laughs> I was like, was that in the script or did J.K. Simmons just say that? Because that seems like a improv, but uh, it's very funny. Um, that was the, That was the most... Like his smile at the end, so like Jacob's smile was oh. so heartwarming. Like, like my just... heart grew six sizes uh, when I saw that scene, and I was so happy that she called him because again, I didn't real, we didn't know until then that that had happened. But if you go back and watch the movie again, which of course we did, by the way, there's a and lot of little stuff you should because there's all of kinds stuff. of little things, little clues, little moments yeah. that you don't pick up on the first time. Yeah, actually, if we hadn't watched this again. I don't know how good this discussion would have been oh, if we hadn't both oh, watched it, it been twice. Good, Sarah, we're pros. I'm just saying, my my end of the discussion we wouldn't have been, been as good. We would have been talking about Andy Samberg's legs and the way that they look in those boxers for like two Ooh. hours. Ooh. Fan and myself. Um, 
yeah. Uh, so final thoughts on Palm Springs. Oh my god, I love it. I love it so much. I it's one of my love it. I, I might will just say it's one of this. my my favorite twenty 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 films so far. Absolutely, I might watch this movie again just to get me through quarantine. Like because I feel like a lot so of rom coms. I feel like a lot of rom coms get a bad rap because they're like they're just rom coms. You know, the reason this- rom coms get a bad rap is because they are quote unquote women's movies and nobody mm-hmm. respects movies that women watch even though women watch action movies and horror movies and all kinds of movies movies that are quote-unquote women's movies are looked at as being less than that's true so and but i feel like this is so well done i feel like there mm-hmm. are there are a lot of bad rom-coms there are good rom-coms mm-hmm. and i love the, the 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 good ones but this one just feels very like yes it's commer- com- commercially mm-hmm. like it would be successful it's just mm-hmm. has that kind of like commercial qual qual quality to it even though it's in, in, mm-hmm. indie but it just it's so well written it's so well acted and mm-hmm. i just think it's great i agree um i the both act, the romantic leads are wonderful they have great chemistry they're very funny like we didn't t- we talked a lot about andy sandberg please say her name again for me because i can't kristen milioti kristen milioti is so funny. She's so good. Wonderful in this movie. Um, J.K. Simmons is great. The whole supporting cast. A lot of actors I didn't really know, but they were all very funny. We didn't even talk about that weird guy that's always hitting on Sarah, but yes. he was very funny too. Yes. Um, and the guy who like owns the gun range or whatever, and Darla at the bar. Like, there's just yeah. so many good character actors in this movie. And it's really, it's charming. If you're having the quarantine blues, like many of us are, this movie is relatable because we, a lot of us feel like we're kind of stuck in this infinite loop that we don't know when it's going to end. Yeah. And this movie has a lot of really beautiful things to say about life and acceptance of that. And also what you can do to make yourself happy and feel good where you are to and get out of your rut to get out of your rut and and it's it'll distract you for like two hours and then you can go oh, watch yeah. it again and see all mm-hmm. the little things that you missed yep. and it'll make you laugh and I you should watch it it's on Hulu it's really good you'll fall in love you'll fall in love with both of the actors I'm in no matter love and Andy Samberg I'm in love with him I'm in love I with mean, him officially after I watched this I didn't think about my ex for like a day so there you go i'm in love with andy samberg andy samberg will take away all of your pain for at least a day yes (laughs) should we do the bechdel test yes let's do that okay so the bechdel test uh does this movie have more than one female character yes uh do those two female characters have names well, there are more than right, but do the but of, of those, oh, yeah. those characters have names? Yes, yes. Do they talk to each other, or do at least two women with names talk to each other in this movie? Um, uh, I worked very hard to figure this out. Now she has a conversation with Grandma, okay. very briefly, about how we think Grandma's acknowledging that uh, Sarah's leaving the time loop. There's also when uh, her sister, well, it's not a conversation. There's the whole speech about her sister, but also mm-hmm. she, there's the part where, remember her in the early time, the first time loop with Sarah where her sister breaks sister. her teeth Yeah, and they're, and they're talking to her about the teeth Yeah, and what is she going to do to fix the teeth? But I, so I think technically this movie passes the next but there's no conversation between two women that where they sit down and have a yeah there's really no significant female relationships in the movie i mean there's like there's people that talk about other women like there's the you know misty says stuff about the bride and then the mom and the bride are together there the female relationships are not really on the forefront here you've again mm-hmm. like most movies so if we're gonna have a criticism about this film like most movies this is a movie with a, a really well-developed female lead mm-hmm. but 
who doesn't really interact with other women in the movie. Yeah. Now, how would this movie be different if this was a woman trapped in the loop who trapped another female character to be her friend and the female character wanted revenge on her and tried to kill her? And then the, the, the female character got a male character to come in and like how like how I, would that be different I, I don't know but i think that barring completely swipping gender swapping which i don't know that you need to do i mean sh- you know what if there had been more scenes where she wrestled with telling her sister or yeah what if there like she implied scenes about how her family felt about her but we didn't see any conversations between her and her mother really like there was a little bit but i'm not uh, it's just there like uh, Niles gets a lot of heart to heart moments with the bartender, with Darla, with Roy, with mm-hmm. lots of other characters. Uh, yeah. And Sarah is pretty Doesn't much on her own, part. except for when yeah. she's with Niles. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say it would, it would do well for the movie to have a scene between Sarah and her her sister I think so too I think we could have used a little bit more development there it's clear that that was a really important relationship but given the uh the misery the weight that she's carrying around with what she did we didn't feel for her sister as much as we should have we didn't we really didn't and yes we know that having sex with your sister's fiance the night before the wedding is terrible but there's like a lack of development there in that relationship that we didn't get, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's really hard to be per- perfect. This movie can sure. close. But, but yeah. it is, so we'll give it a conditional pass, mm-hmm. a technical pass, a, a, a wag, of, I'm going to give it a wag of the finger there mm-hmm. because this is a common thing in movies. Most yeah. movies, movies that are written by men. We don't, we, there's the lack the development of the female characters just isn't, there Mm -hmm. two wags two wags two wags and then a lot of tips of hats a lot of tips of the hat but not to this part of the movie yeah welcome to plug it up uh this is the part of the show where we talk about some stuff that we're working on um and uh sarah what would you like to plug well i have a new blog at www.sarahallisonhodges.com Sarah with an H Allison with one L and it's brand new and I'm going to try to brand do new. one hot off the presses yes um, I'm trying to do one blog post a month but I'm also working on a book and I'm going to I do a write for like two or three a- hours a day so I'm creating a lot of stuff I just don't know when uh it can be shared, but uh, just know but that the I'm... Blog, and there's some pics up there. Yes. Some cute pics. Uh, but yeah, go check out the blog. Uh, and uh, Sarah's writing is fantastic. Um, if you like listening to her on the show, uh, which I hope you do, because you made it through the whole episode and you're still with us. So um, please go check out her blog. It's I write a lot bet, bet, better that, than I speak. That's... An- correct i think you speak and write beautifully oh thank you well you're wrong it's it's just the truth i'm just speaking truth here anything else to plug that's that's it okay that's a good thing that's a good thing to plug um i'd like to plug a couple things uh first um i'd like to plug a uh, a show that i've been doing recently uh the mining for gold improv jam i've been doing a lot of zoom improv jams um and uh that's when improvisers get together on zoom and improvise and it's funny and weird and awkward and you can watch them live usually uh and mine for gold is one we th- that we do live and it's every wednesday night uh starting at 9 30 uh 9 30 i know i know but here's the thing this office that i'm in has become my workplace my backstage the place where I hide for my children when I just can't fucking take it anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's at nine 30. So at nine o'clock I come on down here, I put some makeup on my face. Cause the only time I put on makeup anymore is when I'm on a zoom call 
uh, and we do some improv and it's very fun. Uh, it's teams, mashups and improvisers from all over the country, sometimes all over the world, because here's you look, quarantine sucks. And if you're an actor right now, it sucks hard because you can't go to theaters. You can't go to shows. You can't be in shows. Uh, some of us are working on set. I'm not, but some people are working on set right now and there's all kinds of weird rules you have to go by just to stay safe. Right. And we all got to do this stuff. We got to wear masks. We got to stay apart. We got to wash our hands. There's sometimes it's harder to be in scenes with people because, you know, you're making a, you're taking a risk when you get close. Right. So being uh, an actor right now is hard and kind of depressing. However, uh, the nice thing is that in doing these Zoom performances, whether it's a theater or an improv show, uh, you are getting to work with people you wouldn't ordinarily work with. I'm improvising with people in Pittsburgh, in New York, in Canada, in Oklahoma, like folks that I would never get to know and that have become friends and compatriots in this weird quarantine time. So Mining for Gold, it's a whole lot of fun. It's on at 930 on Wednesday nights. Uh, just go to the Facebook group of Mining for Gold Improv Jam. Uh, it's fun, fun times. Um, yeah. So I'd like to plug that. Yeah, it's fun. Nicole is always very good. Oh, she's a great improviser. Stop it. Um, I have my nights. Um, let's see. What else? Ah, Critical Crop Top. I'd like to plug that. So Critical Crop Top, uh, that's the entity that produces the, this podcast as well as other podcasts like the Georgia Made Podcast and the future podcast, Andy and Adam, which we're clearly going to be doing. <laughs> Sounds better, Adam and Amy. Adam and Andy. Andy. Adam Let's and keep Andy. it Adam and Andy. Adam and Andy. Adam and Andy. Okay, well, we'll keep it like that. All right, so Critical Crop Top, uh, we produce podcasts. We produce sketch shows. Uh, we produce uh, live live comedy shows. I already said that. Uh, films, web series, uh, all kinds of stuff. Go and check us out. Uh, we are going to begin releasing, if we haven't already, when is this August? I might have already started releasing some. I'm, we're recording this at the end of July, so it's possible this might have already been happening. Uh, but we are beginning to release never before seen videos of our live sketch shows. So lives. So our sketches, we're releasing them on YouTube. If you went to the fucking show, you saw it. If you didn't go to the fucking show, you didn't see it. So this most is people a- in the world didn't go to the show. That's true. A lot of our listeners are not based in Atlanta and some of them are based in Atlanta, but maybe you made it out to one show, maybe you didn't make it out to any shows. If you want to check out our uh, our uh, sketch comedy, we're releasing never before seen sketches from our live shows on the YouTube channel. So that's Critical Crop Top on YouTube. Uh, also, we're releasing the video recording of this podcast, the Feminine Mistake podcast, on our YouTube channel, Critical Crop Top on YouTube. So go check that out. Uh, you can also... St- Follow us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Critical Crop Top. And you can follow this podcast, the Feminine Mistake Podcast, on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Feminine Mistake Pod and on Twitter at Fem Mistake Pod. And you can shoot us a message. You're going to shoot that message right out there into the inter- internet. You just shoot it. <laughs> shoot it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> There's been a lot of dick, like subtle dick humor. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're doing now? Mm-hmm. This is what quarantine has done to us. Yep. Uh, so please uh, follow us if you are not. Uh, talk to us. Tell us how you felt about this episode. Tell us what you thought about Palm Springs. Tell us what you think the ending means. Tell us uh, your theories about time travel. Uh, time travel is a contentious topic in filmmaking. Some people don't like time travel movies. How do you think the time travel was handled in this movie? Do you believe in love again? Did you see the dinosaurs at the end? Did you see the dinosaurs? Am I hallucinating? Did I take peyote before I watched this movie? I Who's think she did. Say? I probably did. There's really nothing much else to do at my house. So um, also, if you like this show... It would be kind of you uh, if you would consider leaving us a review or a rating or telling a friend. Tell a friend about the show. We'd like that. And also tell much. her where Chris should send his masks. And please, for God's sakes, send me a message. Where can I send these masks? We just My husband just wants to help. He is a man trapped at home on an endless loop. With his kids. Uh, with his kids. Watering the dog shit. 
and he needs to know where to send these masks. Uh, he's probably less concerned. Well, no, he wants to send them out. I really just want to get them out of the fucking house. That's that, what I want. I want to get these fucking masks out of the fucking house. That meme you shared with him that was Ben Affleck smoking a sis, sis, sis <laughs> cigarette when it was like when you hear the toy box spill out or something oh like that. Oh my God. Every day. I feel I feel like the my time loop is me cleaning up all of the toys that have been dumped out of the toy box for no reason. Like they don't want anything in there. They just like the sound of destruction because they're bored and they're tired of being in this house. And I feel it. I feel them. I feel them. I know it. I get yeah. it. I feel you. I, I don't want to be stuck in this house either. I feel the kids so much. Like I was just with my fr- yeah. friend, friend today and she has a six year old and she was just, she was wearing a mask the whole time mm-hmm. and she, and her mom kept saying, don't touch. And she like, didn't, touch the thing she was being very good but she was just like i hate this mask i don't like being able not being able to yeah. play with my friend like i just feel for yep. the kids so much because like they don't have they like adults can like rationalize and be like well we can't you know kids are just like well, they can't apparently because there are adults out there who won't even wear a fucking mask that's true that's true so maybe they're not that rational but yeah i think it is i mean i think kids are adaptable i can definitely see my kids uh Look, it's a weird time. We don't really know how it's going to impact them emotionally, but we're doing our best. We're trying to keep them entertained. Uh, They have each other. So that's my kids have each other. And uh, we also have created a social bubble with my sister and her kids. So we don't hang out with anybody else. Uh, We just hang out with them. And so they're getting a little bit of interaction. But yeah, it's tough. You know, they want to go to school. They want to see their friends. Uh, They stand in the front yard and yell at anyone who walks by just to have somebody new to talk to. But you know what? Uh, we're all going to get through this together. And, uh, you know, they'll have something important. The important thing is they'll have something to hold over future generations. Yes. That's really I the important thing here. I was a child during the quarantine of 2020 through 20. Right? No, God, please. <laughs> have Did you see that meme I put the up first on Critical year of Crop quarantine. <laughs> the what? Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kids are adaptable and uh, we hope that they'll all, we're all, we hope we all get out of this in one piece. Look, Niles and uh, uh, Sarah did okay. They eventually found a way out of the magical cave and so will we. Yeah. The magical cave of quarantine. Uh, well, I have really enjoyed talking with you about this movie. Yeah, this has been um, fun. I might watch it again just for yeah. the just for shits and giggles. What will it be like on the third viewing? I'm gonna see all kinds of stuff that I didn't see before. Maybe you'll see those dinosaurs. Maybe I will. 